What is up, everyone? Welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays, and we have a spit take right off the bat from Kelsey, who was, I guess, not expecting me to talk, and uh, I caught her off guard. <laughs> no, I really almost, the um, my hot apple cider I'm enjoying really almost just went down the wrong path. That's, that's why I'm that's why I'm enjoying a nice water, because... Oh, you know, it... I have water, too. I'm fully prepared. It was just a big, big, <laughs> bigger gulp than I was anticipating. Hydration is important, kids. Make sure to hydrate. Always hydrate. Bring um, water if you respect women. Which I water. just found out from watching Superbad the other day. That's a Superbad reference. Really? Yeah, I thought that, that was just something that our friend group said in high school. No, that is totally Michael Sarah's character says that. That's well, a, bad. a, I do not remember any of that in high school, and B, I've never seen Super Bad, so all that <laughs> went over my head. But you know, okay. it's true. Drink. We respect women. Jill, I expect more from you. You're the movie guy. You've got to see an iconic classic, Seth Rogen's Super Bad. A lot of people get on my case when I haven't seen this or haven't seen that, but I'm like, there are so many movies. If I had taken the time to watch every single movie, I'd need to live to like 700, which I plan to, but. Um, Let's dive in, shall we? So I'm Dylan. I'm one of your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> we can even introduce ourselves right off it's the okay. bat. It's okay. I mean, if they're re reading the title, they know our names. But do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Kelsey. I'm also one of your hosts. Great. Uh, we are your hostists with the mostists. I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't I mean, know if that's from Superman. That implies that we're both females, but hey, Dill, um, no judgment here. No judgment. Well, we don't even know if any of these humans in this show are even real. Uh, I mean, Vision's not a human, but, we, but all these people, for all we know in this episode, could very well just be part of some manufactured something. We will get all into all of it because today we are recapping WandaVision Episode 3. So last episode, we um, recapped the first two WandaVision episodes. You can watch it on Disney Plus now. If you're too old to know what Disney Plus or streaming services are, continue watching your HBO and your cable at home. Enjoy it. Uh, but streaming services are the big hot thing right now, and WandaVision's the only weekly television, besides from The Bachelor, that has fit my uh, normal rotation the past few weeks. Now that all these shows are in halt because of uh, COVID, they are not allowed to uh, produce as much television all at once. But uh, we still have WandaVision every week to look forward to, which is very nice. It's been We've been getting some normalcy back into TV watching and uh, MCU, which is cool. So did you want to start with our... Some yes. exciting news we've some exciting news. So, over the week. Yes, to, to ease into each episode, we you know, Marvel Vision, uh, oh, Marvel Vision, WandaVision is the subject of this episode. Um, but, you know, it's only one episode we're covering today, not two like last week. So we have a little extra time. So we figured uh, let's start with our uh, MCU or Marvel headlines of the week. So what we're going to do is we're each going to bring a headline every week and we'll talk about something in the Marvelverse that's new or noteworthy. And we're not going to talk about like movie delays because of COVID because we've been seeing that with every movie, Morbius and the James Bond movie. They're all getting pushed. But let's talk about some fun news in the Marvel Universe. So Kelsey, why don't you take it away first and tell us what your Marvel headline of the week is? Sure. So we learned over the week that Matt Damon is... Uh, down in Australia, down in the down under, if you oh, will, yeah. uh, because he has just been confirmed as one of the cast members of Thor Love and Thunder. So wow. that's exciting. The last time we saw Matt Damon was he made a cameo as uh, the actor playing Loki in the play about Loki and 
Thor in Thor Ragnarok. So I'm super intrigued as to what he's been doing. I did uh, some Googling and some researching with this one, but I didn't find anything. You know, Marvel's very, very secretive. You know, everything is very confidential there. So I don't imagine we'll be finding out anything any details about his character until we get closer to 2022, which feels like a lifetime away, but that's when we're getting Thor love. 2021 snuck up on us fast, so who knows? But did it though? 2020 felt like it lasted seven to nine years, in my opinion. Let me rephrase. 2021 has already been flying. It's already 23 days into the year, and I feel like we've been in 2021 for a week. So uh, things are looking up, which is good. So... So do we think he will be playing like an actor who plays Loki in these productions or do we think he's a totally new character? Well, my first thought was, well, even though he was an actor playing Loki, he was still an Asgardian as we we could assume that he was still a person that lived there in Asgard as an actor who takes place in these community productions of the of uh, Thor and Loki's story. So maybe it just goes more in depth into what that guy, how that guy ended up being the actor playing Loki, or maybe he's just an entirely new person and (laughs) I go watching is just like, yeah, get Matt Damon in here. So, I mean, Matt Damon has made a cameo in so many movies, you know, um, he he was in interstellar and no one knew he was coming in interstellar. You know, he was, he was in, I think Euro trip, you know, he makes cameos everywhere. Kevin Smith movies too. Um, so we will hopefully see what Matt Damon has to do with, um, with Thor love and thunder, or, you know, maybe he's just enjoying some Outback steakhouse and hanging out with his buddy, Chris Hemsworth on a shooting break. Maybe he's not even in the movie at all, but that's our headline from Kelsey. My headline has to do with the shirt I'm wearing. Spider-Man three is coming in December. And here's the deal. Our, a movie's coming out in 12 months, and we still don't have a title. So there's going to be lots of title speculation, but we did get a little bit of news. And that is that Spider-Man 3 will take place on Christmas. The movie comes out a little earlier, but the actual movie is set around Christmas. So that had me thinking, let's experiment and see what we think the name of Spider-Man 3 might be. Because the first one was Homecoming. second one was Far From Home. So I'm thinking maybe Home for the Holidays or... Home Alone, Lost in New York. <laughs> you know? okay. Oh my God. You know, we're going to have Tom and, Holland. Uh, hopefully our past president doesn't make an uh, appearance in Spider-Man or else I will riot. That is the one thing that would make me turn my back on the MCU, what, let me tell you. What's going to happen is Tom, Tom Holland's going to stroll into the hotel and he's going to turn around and there's going to be Macaulay Culkin and he's going to ask Macaulay Culkin, which way to the lobby and Macaulay Culkin's going to point that way. And then Tom's just going to spider his way off and fling off with his web. Um, so that's the news. What, what are your, what are your ideas for a possible Spider-Man three title? I've heard a lot of people say homesick perhaps, okay. but you know, I love the holiday theme. I didn't know that it was going to be centered around Christmas. That's, well, that's really, really interesting. That that's the headline. I mean, now that's... taking on this, uh holiday film-esque do any other films like take place around a major holiday like that i mean you have like polar express and the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer okay i'm obviously talking about movies specifically in the mcu oh i was just like wow are new christmas movies exist 
I, I mean, Iron Man 3 has some Christmas scenes, I think. There's, like, a Christmas party. I have to go back and see. But I think Iron Man 3, because it's Shane Black, and Shane Black is famous for, like, putting Christmas in a lot of his movies. Uh, so I think Iron Man 3 has some Christmas stuff. Um, but it's not, like, a blatant, like, this is a Christmas movie. And it could be, like... I mean, Batman Returns takes place around Christmas, and there's a few references to it, but it's not, like... It's not like Die Hard where a lot of the Christmas is so influential in the action and the set pieces and the and the actual scenario, you know? So here's my next question, Dale. The Dale Pickle Movie Network. Oh, boy. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely. Yes. We've. I, I, this is a, another conversation for another time, but absolutely a Christmas movie. I mean, the final moment ends with Let It Snow. It, it just starts playing as they ride off into the sunset. Have you seen Die Hard? No. <laughs> okay, then we'll have this conversation when you see Die Hard. You know what? Maybe Fine. maybe in December when Spider-Man 3 comes out, we will do a joint episode and also talk about Die Hard, even though it's not MCU. Uh, so let's dive into WandaVision, because that's what everyone came here to see. They're not paying for this, but you're I right, was about to right. say, that's what that's what everyone bought tickets for, even though you're not buying tickets, you're just downloading it. Hopefully giving us a great review if you're listening to this on a podcast app. Hopefully you give it a thumbs up or subscribe or do anything like that. If you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, do all of that. Uh, but we'll do that at the end, too. We'll, we'll promote that a little bit more but uh if you're joining us here this is what you came for wandavision episode three kelsey let's talk about it okay well the first thing i noticed right off the bat was am i crazy or did they just start titling the episodes i am i dumb i thought in the episode itself or it was just in the disney plus menu no the disney plus menu at I'm pretty sure I would have written down if the if episodes one and two had titles. I'm pretty because sure before episode episode three, three is- came out, it was just episode one, episode two. But now they have uh, titles, and the title of our episode, uh, episode three, is Now in Color. And that is what the first thing we have to talk about is, is that this is now the next progression of the sitcom and it's now fully color. And I believe this is the seventies. We're in the seventies now in terms of the style. And, uh, you know, we have the intro, uh, we will, we will do a brief like recap of just what the episode is in just a sec, but you know, just for the overall episode title and the theme, I mean, we're getting a lot of seventies and I got a lot of Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch was the the big thing sticking out to me. Brady Bunch and uh, Mandy Tyler Moore show were the two things I saw through research. The Mary Tyler Moore show? What did I say? I think you said Mandy, but I might be wrong. Okay, well, (laughs) to be fair, Mandy Moore is a person. That's right. Mandy Moore is a person, and she's great. This is us, and I want This is Us to come back because I thought there was going to be a new episode this week. There was not. I wish I could do a This is Us podcast, but not enough people watch it to listen. Um, But uh, let's, let's talk just briefly about the episode. So this episode, Kelsey. Yes. So, uh, the, what basically what happens is Wanda has the twins, Billy and Tommy. Billy and Tommy. And at the end, a character gets uh, voted off the island. (laughs) The tribe has spoken for Geraldine. Um, so, so basically, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what happens in the episode. You know, Wanda's pregnant, she's pregnant, she gives birth and Geraldine is voted off the island. So, I mean, that's that's it. That's all it is in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot of more complexity, which we will definitely dive into. But I mean, on a just a broad surface, I mean, that's it. That's what we got from this episode. Um, and I, I think it's interesting. Um, this episode in particular just totally like 
I, I think this really broke the mold of the episodes and what they've been. You know, we've been kind of getting little teases for each one, but mm-hmm. now we're fully... I think that final pan out with the aspect ratio changing to the widescreen, I think that's it. I think we're now out of the sitcom territory. I think we're totally done. I know, Kelsey, you predicted last week that it's going to go on a little further with the sitcomness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but I really, I really think that's it for the actual sitcom nature of it. At least that's what I... I think, I mean, maybe, maybe they're going to keep going with the sitcom stuff. Um, I think it was a really cool way to introduce this idea and this concept, but I really think, I mean, we have six episodes left and if they're only 20 minutes each, that's two hours left of everything that's going to happen. So this isn't, I think we're done with the exposition and now we're really going to dive in, um, to what's happening in the future. Yeah. It really feels like the foot is all the way on the gas now. There's no, uh, going back here. I mean, just going back, uh, thinking back to when I watched the first two trailers, like our teaser trailer and and then the full trailer, there's still more, I feel like more costumes, more eras, more aesthetics that I'm remembering, which makes me think that we might still be getting small snippets of sitcominess. Because it looks like at some point in the trailer, they have a Halloween episode. Oh, right, because the devil horns or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like... I think Wanda's a cat, but what I remember more specifically from that is that Agnes is a witch, which Mm. people think is like hinting at her character from the comics, Agatha Harkness, who is a witch. Um, So just like things like that, but uh, we'll, we'll get to uh, the end of the episode when we get there, but right off the bat. And I have tons of tons of Easter eggs that we'll get into, including the Agatha thing, because I did look more into that. Uh, that was something that just didn't cross my mind, really, the last time we talked. But now I'm like, okay, I can obviously see where this is going, and I have some theories, I have some ideas, I hope you do too. Yeah, I mean, I have more questions rather than theories. Okay. <laughs> like, that's kind of my my vibe, but... That's fair. Hopefully, uh, you, have, you give me some good uh, stuff here. But still, did you notice anything in the uh, opening credits? Did anything strike you? Did anything strike me? Sure they did. So last time we saw WandaVision, it ended on the beehives. And sure enough, this first opening title sequence, if you notice, instead of Brady Bunch squares, you know how they normally have the little squares where they're like all waving at each other, they have hexagons, which look like little honeycombs. Mm, So you think it's a callback to the beehive man who called out the viewer? It could just be an aesthetic, you know, it doesn't have to be anything, any meaning, but it's really interesting to see that, like, the hexagon was the choice of shape, which is a very, you know, your, your mind doesn't go to hexagon right away. Wait, pause. I'm sorry. Oh, I have an announcement. Oh. I know Captain America's blood type. <laughs> oh, did we say last week you were going to find that out? No. <laughs> we texted over separately because once I know everyone watching and listening is probably like, where the heck is this coming from? (laughs) So Dylan and I were texting about, um, you know, kind of like our stats so far with the podcast. And Dylan had informed me that the majority, actually a hundred percent, not the majority, a hundred percent of our listeners on Spotify are a male audience. And this made me nervous as a female in the fandom because I can just see it now, all these angry guys saying, <laughs> what does this dumb girl know anyway? I bet she can't even name uh, Captain America's blood type. But so you have it. I looked into it wow. and it took me to a Reddit um, conversation page. I, the, I don't know. The second, the, the second most reliable source after Wikipedia, if you ask me. Reddit. 
Um, I'm not sure what the terminology is for Reddit, but basically someone asked the reason why people even know uh, Steve Rogers slash Captain America's blood type is because someone asked, can Captain America donate blood and give someone else the serum that got the super serum? So first of all, his blood type, oh, he's the universal donor, baby. Oh, so he can universally donate super serum, right? So actually, the someone um, someone d- gave this lengthy ex- explanation. I, I don't know who this person is or where their medical knowledge came from. But basically what they said is that you, won't, you wouldn't necessarily get the serum from Captain America. If anything, you just get like really good like cardiovascular health. Okay. Um, because the super serum, he they are called PBMCs. And I even asked my doctor friend, Jen, who's currently training uh, in school to be a PA. I, I talked to her about this. I was like, I have to ask you a really weird question. Um, and the only thing that I could uh, compare it to is if someone was on steroids and they donated blood, would, they, would the steroids affect the person they gave blood to? And she was basically like, well, yes, but no. So basically these PBMCs, the immune cells that make him, you know, super would get attacked by your immune system. So your immune system would attack them and kill them off. So long story short, no, you wouldn't get superpowers if you got Captain America's blood. shucks. But the worst case scenario is that because they are super, you know, super serum PBMCs, don't ask me what that stands for. I don't know. And neither did Jen. So I don't feel that bad about not knowing. Um, They could attack your immune system and kill you. So in the long run, you don't actually really want blood from Captain America, despite him being a universal donor. Well, that and that was my fun fact for the day. Maybe every week I'll have a little fun fact like that well, so people don't think that I don't check up on my facts. All right. So not only are you numbers girl now, which we hailed you last week as the numbers girl, but you are also fun fact girl. So you will be giving us fun facts that aren't even Easter eggs related to the episodes. No, um, not at all. So, so um, do you want to go just scene by scene and talk about what we think of the scenes and and if we picked up anything, we can save Easter eggs, like niche Easter eggs to the end, but we can just yeah, talk generally about what's going on. All right, so intro. Did you notice anything in the intro that you found like interesting? Well, I don't know if this is an Easter egg necessarily, but in the um, in the opening credits, they walk out of a store called Wentworth's, which okay. might be a nod to Deirdre Wentworth, a.k.a. Miss Marvel. And we know that we're getting a Miss Marvel television show so it could either just be a nod to her or hey she might have something to do with all this madness we don't know but that's I mean, I think, the thing that i caught on to in the opening credits yeah i I, th- I think a lot of the name drops are um just like we need to come up with a name for something so let's see <clears throat> one of our other properties names like that was kind of like a just the the doctor's name being Stan, I was like, and maybe that's an homage to Stan Lee. You know, I don't think it necessarily has to like mean anything coming, unless it's a very like specific like Hydra name drop or something like that. Um, but that was very interesting. I didn't even pick up on that. I was not even looking at all that. I was just enjoying the aesthetic of the '70s intro. I was like, this is so campy and cheesy and fun. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I'm loving about Wandavision is just how how much fun they're having with the, all the sitcomness. I mean, it is dark. I mean, we did mention how this is going to be leading into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, directed by Sam Raimi, who last week I was talking about how he directed the Spider-Man films, but he's also mm-hmm. just a horror director first and foremost. He did the Evil Dead films. You know, he he is a horror director first. So 
we know this is going in a route where it could end up being a very horror or thriller like ending to this series and Doctor Strange is also uh, is suspected to be a horror film. So uh, Marvel's first horror film. So I do think it's fun to see them play into the fun of it while we still have the fun aspects cuz I don't know two or three episodes from now if we're going to be able to have all those fun like cheeky little moments. I really don't think we're going to have those little one-liner jokes. I don't think Paul Bettany is going to be as like you know yeah, totally. Uh, caricature um, but I think it works for this show, and I think it's very refreshing to see just within the universe itself, as we talked about last week. Um, so after these, this intro, we jump right to the doctor. He's checking out Wanda. Mm -hmm. Doctor says says she's four months into her pregnancy, which we know is only a few hours, like 12 hours. And he compares, you know, pregnancy to fruit. And I think this is just another just fun way to make some fun comedy with a sitcom, you know, uh, outline and, and structure they have going oh, on. Oh, do you? Do you, Dill? Because I have a fruit theory. Oh, oh, you think there's a theory with the fruit? Yeah. Oh, oh I have boy. a fruit theory. And we'll get to the fruit theory. I'll tell you. Uh, season, uh, season, scene three. Scene three, okay. I'll dive into my uh, fruit theory. So I where, does scene, where does scene one end? Is that when Vision goes outside uh, with Herb tr trimming the concrete with his hedge trimmer? Is that scene two or is that still in this first scene? That to me is still scene one. For me, scene two started with once we transitioned into them being in the nursery. That's okay, there. so let's let's just talk about that moment where Vision's outside. You yeah, know, he's walking the doctor out. He's telling the doctor to keep it a secret because obviously the rest of the town, if they see her, they'll be like, wait, we just saw you at the magic show yesterday in that like little like you you uh what leotard outfit and it, unitard i was like where am i getting that uh but but wearing that that leotard and i'm like wait like the whole town is gonna know what's up but here's the thing i think the town already knows what's up right or at least some members of the town do uh which we'll get to toward the end with herb and agnes's conversation but i do think herb that moment is very weird because he's yes he it's it's almost like in get out when he when uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character comes in dressed all differently and it's not until that camera flashes where he kind of snaps out of it. Mm -hmm. I think Herb looked like he was like just in a, in his own world. Like he was, he was a passenger in someone else's body and he was just, he, he was just, you know, glazed over. Didn't, didn't really seem like the Herb we've known or it is the Herb we know. And, and he's just giving some weird vibes. No, yeah, totally. Totally a scene that, a moment that I uh, made a mental note of. It reminded me a lot of, you know, the glass breaking with Dottie right. and, um, and all that. So just, I feel like it, it really makes you question whether or not these people are kind of put here against their own will and they're kind of just rolling along with it and they don't know, or if they're all here very, very well to serve a purpose and... Sometimes, you know, wires get crossed and simulations glitch. Right. Well, one thing I noticed with, with the Herb scene is if you look behind Herb, that is a painted backdrop. His house and the yeah. the outside, it's it's painted. I wasn't sure if that was to match the whole, like, 70s sitcom aesthetic because in the sitcoms, they didn't have the budgets or resources to film on an actual wide street. So right. they would use studios and they would use, you know, backdrops and painted walls. Is that just an homage you think to the, to the um, sitcom nature? Or do you think that 
this is because this is a simulation and this is a manufactured thing by Agnes or someone else and Herb knows it and Herb doesn't even have a home to go inside to and mm. he's very well aware that this is a backdrop and that he is an actor within the simulation or do you think it's just that's how sitcoms were made back then so they're just trying to show a visual homage what do you think well I listen I don't want to jump to to our last moments in the right. in the uh, show here but we do see that there's some pretty advanced technology kind of, I, I wrote down, I uh, almost like holographic. Um, what did I, what did I say? Some holographic technology in the distance that Geraldine is thrown out of. So why are they going through uh, to great depths of like having this, you know, uh, it's kind of, you know, hologram basically being uh showcase and they're not and and now they have like a paper set that could be easily mistaken you know and perceived as as fake to a, a regular person you know what i'm saying so yeah, i feel like that it's more of like a uh just an homage to how uh tv shows were made back in the 70s i don't think that's i don't know it could be we don't know um we don't know so let's move on to the next scene in the nursery um so we see that the baby starts kicking, which means Wanda's much further along than four months. She's at like six months. And then they talk about, you know, what they want to name their kids. And I guess this goes back to what we were saying last week with is, Vi is Vision British? Is he European? And even if he's not, you know, from Britain because he's a robot, he's an AI. But I think it's interesting to note that he wanted to name his kid after Shakespeare, which is a more British name. Wanda wants to name the kid Tommy because it's a more American name. Neither one wants to go with William or Thomas because they want to be edgy. They want to jump right to the nicknames. Mm -hmm. You know, They're naming their kids Tommy and Billy, not William and Thomas. Um, yeah, I, I just thought this was, again, like fun banter that just allows the two actors to have fun with the comedy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We're, we're I think seeing... it's a direct nudge, nudge, wink, wink at kind of like what's going on here. Oh, a hundred percent. I think I, I think love they're definitely... that that you know they're quoting Willie Shakes. <laughs> I think they're definitely suggesting that there are people here who are not who they say they are and who are not uh, necessarily oblivious to what is going on uh, mm -hmm. with the two of them and with everything else going on in the operation. Um, so. Is this where she has a contraction or does she have a contraction later? Because I wrote down, uh, Wanda starts to have contraction. I think they go downstairs again, right back into the kitchen. Now, yes, the contractions start in the kitchen, which is where Wanda is cutting up a pineapple. And this is when I'd like to <clears throat> bring in my fruit theory. Okay, so, take it away. I realized that throughout the episode, fruit is kind of like a big motif, you know, and I don't think it's a mistake which kinds of fruit we're seeing and when. So I went back and I watched the first scene because I wanted to know the order that the doctor said when he was like, oh, this is how we'd like to explain it to women since they're so small, small minded and dumb. Uh, <clears throat> he says that at four months, it's a pear. At five months of papaya, six months grapefruit, seven months pineapple, and eight months a honeydew. And I think that throughout the episode, the way that they've kind of allowed us to realize that um, Wanda's 
growing pretty much by the hour here is by associating how big she is with the fruit that she's interacting with. So in scene one, Vision leaves to walk the doctor out. He comes back and he goes, oh my goodness, have you gotten bigger? Implying that she's already five months. And what does he do? He rushes over to catch the papaya and he makes a pun about it. Now, in scene three, she starts having contractions and Vision says contractions don't start until six months. And what is she doing? Cutting up a pineapple. I rest my case. Now, in the nursery scene, she is eating some kind of fruit. I couldn't tell if it was papaya or grapefruit. So I feel like in the nursery scene, she was in this transition between growing from a pineapple, a papaya to a pineapple. Maybe it's a pineapple. Maybe it's like a like you know in Zoe one hundred and one when when Quinn makes the banapple, she combines a banana and an apple. I think we're getting like a pineapple papaya mix, and that's mm-hmm. like the transitional fruit. So Wanda's eating the papayanapple. Papayanapple. I'm just gonna stick with that during the scene two, and then boom, she's having contractions. She's cutting up a pineapple, which is. I think indicates that she is now a seven month. I don't think that these fruits were put here by accident. I think that they were for a quick gal like me to pick up. So, gotcha. so it's just basically showing a pa- it's it's showing a passing of time, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much. I mean, I, very- I could have been the very simple way to put it, but you know, I want to <laughs> have always- some drama. Well, you know, this is a podcast, so they need to listen, and, and, and talking it out is very helpful for our audio listeners to, to get what you're trying to say. Um, I, I think that's a great idea to, to make that visual um, cue, because, um, you know, show, don't tell is what they always say with screenwriters. The best, the best movies are show, don't tell. The best shows, show, don't tell, you know, and, and this is a great way to be like, instead of, you're seven months. Oh, now I feel like I'm eight months. Oh, I think I feel nine months. Like, no, they're not going to yeah. say that because no one could just say I'm nine months when they're going speed of light pregnancy. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice. Uh, so we're we're in the kitchen. Her mm-hmm. her contractions are happening. And then we have this funny cutaway where Dottie comes in to ask uh, Phil if her earrings look fat, mm-hmm. um, which which is weird. Uh, do my earrings make me look fat? I mean, like, what, what are the earrings? Is that a thing? Like, do... Do earrings well, make people look lesser? Was, uh, you know, it's just one of those like very like random weird questions that met women like to pose onto their husbands. I think that it was more for comedic effect than it was meant to mean anything else. Right. I mean, a common question that goes with do these blank make me look bad is usually do these pants or does this dress? Right. That's why I'm confused with the earrings thing. But I guess that's just Dottie and how she wants to you know, judge herself is by the way her earrings make her look. Um, and then uh, the lights go out because of Wanda's contractions and her husband, Phil, just says, uh, thank God, you know, it's a funny little gag. I don't think it really was meant to show anything more than that. Just comedic a little, little bit. Um, and then Vision, this is when Vision sits down on the couch and he says, Wanda, something's wrong. And, and I'll admit, when this moment happens in the show, I rewind it because I was like, wait, my, my thing skipped. My, my controller must have skipped. And I oh, went back... God. And I watched it again. I'm like, wait, I think Disney Plus made 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 a mistake. No, the the camera literally just cuts and mm-hmm. it just goes back. I mean, this is kind of like what Wanda did with the beekeeper when she's like, oh no, scratch that, reverse it, let's let's rewind. But now we see an immediate just cut and the scene just keeps going 
from five seconds back. It's almost like when you're editing on iMovie and you screw it up and you accidentally mm-hmm. like cut it and where you're not supposed to. And then it's just yeah. like, well, I guess I'm publishing it. So do you, so do you think that that was Wanda's doing, or do you think that some other third party stepped in to make that edit? Because well, we did see in episode two that she physically re rewinded it and said, no, I don't want this to happen right now. Whereas with that moment, it was just, boom, something else. Well, in the first episode, we were led to believe it's Wanda, so I would I would like to believe it's Wanda this time too. But it could very well just be someone who's in charge of this simulation. When Wanda even said in the first episode, no, this isn't good, I, we gotta go back or whatever she says, someone could have pressed the rewind button there. It might not have been Wanda, and same thing here. Mm-hmm. The, someone else might have just been like, nope, snip, iMovie, cut, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. That editor should be fired. Well, I mean, it, it served a, a purpose because it, it obviously intrigued us. And I mean, it had a yeah. purpose. So I, I don't think the editor should, you know, I, I think it was a very purposeful choice. Obviously, the editor didn't screw it up. But from a first time viewer, I was like, wait, did something happen? Did my did my Xbox glitch out? Because I was watching it through Xbox on Disney+. Sure. Plus. I was like, did did it glitch out? Like, I really was just so puzzled. And, and I kind of love that because... It's a very unique, odd choice that, like, you know, these Marvel movies have so much money put into them that, like, everything is so seamless that, like, when you have a moment like that, it really just alerts. It's it's a way to alert the audience and be like, yo, here's what just happened and, and like, we're going to really get in, you know? Yeah. Um. So, and then her water breaks, which is literal rain in the house. Oh, that was so cute. I love how they did that. Yes. Um. And then it cuts to the next commercial right is that the commercial yes all right so tell us about the commercial Kels. so the commercial starts us off with a very stressed out mother who's kind of who's trying to balance having kids making dinner having a dog all this stuff boom it cuts to her in a bathtub um seemingly soaking it up if you will and it is a commercial for a soap called hydra soak and mm. their tagline is find the goddess within. Did you look into this soap or are we going to talk about soap in the Easter eggs or? I mean, I think it's a big enough deal being so prominent. Like the ad is so prominent. It's not like yeah. a passing. It's not like the grocery store name where it just kind of passes you by. And sure. if you didn't, if you didn't see it, it doesn't matter. Like, I think this is very much matters. I think all these ads mean something. Um, mm-hmm. I know there are theories that these could be her parents. Cause we've never seen her parents. These could be her parents in the ad. Oh, the it's the two same actors in, who are doing the commercials. Yeah. Because you know, um, we're very well aware that her parents have died when she was younger. Um, and so it could be something like that. Uh, the goddess within, I, I, I was thinking, could that mean that Wanda is this godlike person within something bigger? Or does it mean that, you know, the goddess is within like her, that she has to unleash the goddess is the goddess, the kid, but then the kids are boys. I really don't know what to make of this. Tell me what your idea of this is. Cause I'm as puzzled as I've ever been. Well, I feel like the goddess line might just be, well, so here's, here's what I'll say. I looked into the soap itself and what I found was that Hydra soap was actually a soap used, um, or it was at least a plot line used in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. And and it was actually um, a mind control soap that they would use to create false memories to make whoever was using the soap believe that they were in a magical made-up world. 
So there you go. <laughs> so there we go. I feel like just um, and I feel and at some point the the narrator says something along the lines of escape to a world all your own, which I feel like mm-hmm. is a nod to literally what this soap did to people when they used it. So I feel like find the goddess within might just be saying something like, oh, like, because once you use our soap and you're, you know, caught up in our trance, you can, you know, basically make yourself out to be whoever you want because you're in this false narrative. Yeah, I I think, you know, what's interesting is Jim Carrey is my favorite actor um, and he has made two drama movies that I'm a big fan of. Um, One of them is The Truman Show and one of them is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is I think this is almost like a whoever made this show, whoever thought of all these little ins and outs and the whole concept, they must have, maybe they were not inspired, but I like to believe that they might have been inspired by these two movies because you have the whole aspect, if you're talking about the memory erasing, Eternal Sunshine is about a man who literally has his memory wiped to get rid of the memories of his ex-girlfriend to get over Mm -hmm. his, his love. And, you know, it's very clear that Wanda's memories are slightly coming back to her, I think. I think things are starting to click and, and come back to her. But I think there has to be some aspect of her memory either being wiped or her... Because she has not addressed anything that happened in Endgame, if this does take place after Endgame. And I just feel like there's some aspect of her memory not being quite what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Truman Show aspect, which I did text you earlier today. I said, have you seen the Truman Show? And you are like, yeah. I was like, great, because we're going to talk about it. It's <laughs> this whole idea of making a fake reality around one person in the Truman show. Jim Carrey plays a man who grew up in a bubble that has Mm -hmm. been completely broadcasted to so many people around the world and everyone he associates himself with are actors and they literally uh, make him afraid of water. So he can't escape because the only way to out of this area is to get on a boat and sail away. But they instill a fear of water in him at such a young age that he's not able to escape. And I feel like it's one of those scenarios where, we might have seen Wanda's memory get erased and she might be stuck in this place where everyone else knows what's going on except for her mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I even have questions on whether or not vision is even vision. You know, I really think it's, it's, it's quite interesting that you brought up the whole uh, Hydra soap mind erase thing. Cause those are two of my favorite movies. A, because I think Jim Carrey's a great versatile actor and I think his dramatic work is underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone thinks of him as this great comedian, but I love his dramatic work. And two, just because those movies have such interesting concepts that you don't really think of and, when you see, you're like, how did I not think of this? This is a brilliant concept. So I think it was just interesting that I think two of these concepts of two of my favorite movies are kind of somewhat on the surface of this episode in this show. So that's my long tangent about Jim Carrey. Watch those two movies. Love um, it. We'll, we'll keep going with the scene breakdown. So what happens after this, this ad? Uh, we'll talk about our theories with the whole um, Truman Show stuff later, obviously when we get to the Agnes scene. But let's keep going with uh, the general news entrance. Vision has run off to find the doctor. Uh, Wanda is left alone in the house. And we open with her uh, note- hearing some sort of commotion or some scratching noise yes. coming from the nursery. The stork. Is it the stork? I wrote that down. I said the stork question mark. I just assume. Because- I mean, I, I think she just is one of her magical, like, contractions just like sent something out her fingers and made the thing on the wall come alive oh, okay. i think it's as simple as that because i mean obviously it's a stork from the the mural right i thought that was hilarious i mean i, I just a stork like of all things it's just it's just a random thing that just happens to be walking around her apartment and i love it or her house well, i think that it's actually purposeful because i think that's you know like i was saying with the fruit earlier is like now the stork's here so babies are coming 
baby way. Yeah. So I think that that was, that's, that's the reason why the store came to life is because it's kind of like, Hey, get ready to start pushing, you know, everything has a purpose and and you just cracked that one open. So there you go. Um, so then Geraldine, Geraldine stops by. So number girl has now just gone into, into, uh, Number girl, uh, fun fact girl, and now professional pregnancy fruit analyst. Yeah. Um, so we see Geraldine stop by, and this is when Wanda grabs her one coat. And I thought of a, I, I, it's not an Easter egg, but a little detail I noticed with the coats is every time she's um, giving a contraction, she she utters something out. So the first thing she says is sink. She like she gives a contraction while she's saying the word sink, and it almost sounds like she's singing the word sing. And then of course she gets a raincoat, which made me think singing in the rain i was oh like oh god of course could sink sing sinking in the rain i don't know and then she goes ow and when she goes ow it comes into a fur coat i'm like ow wolf it's like a noise a wolf would make i don't think there's any purpose behind these coats but but i was just like wow sink sounds like sing singing in the rain raincoat and then the owl sounded like a wolf, like an owl. And then she's wearing this wolf coat. I just thought it was a fun little detail. I was like, oh, that's that's fun. I love that coat theory. Love a coat theory, Dill. You know, so you're the fruit girl. I'm the coat guy. Perfect. Tip me on your way out the restaurant. I'm the coat guy. I will hang up your coats and I will collect tips. <laughs> so now we have Geraldine come in. Now, did you notice the necklace before or after Wanda pointed it out to us? I noticed her whole outfit right away because obviously now it's Marvel, so we gotta look at every single accessory, every yeah, single, right. every single outfit ever. I mean, everyone's wearing a necklace in this episode. We'll get to Agnes later, but um, yeah. So it looked like she was wearing what, like whales on her dress? Um, I think her pants were fish. Fish. Okay, I just thought whales because I like whales. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, so she's wearing a sword necklace. You know, this is the sword emblem. And we kind of, I mean, if you knew the spoilers, you know she is someone important. I mm-hmm. will not spoil it yet because we still don't know. And IMDB knows, but some other people don't know. And I don't want to spoil that because it's spoiled for myself. Uh, but uh, she's she's someone important. And by the likes of what Agnes is saying, she doesn't necessarily belong there either. Mm-hmm. So. Right, right, right. So then, well, first, before we have the Agnes and Herb interaction, I would just like to point out that when the stork is, you know, bebopping around the house, she hears it and she asks, what was that? Did you hear that? And I feel like for me, Geraldine says this, for me, I feel like this is completely Geraldine out of character. Like, I feel like whatever pers- uh, facade and persona she had before, she immediately jumps up and, and she loses it. You know, it's, what what was that? Did you hear that? It sounded like a chattering sound. And I feel like, hey, maybe she is just talking about the stork, but maybe she literally hears people talking either inside her ear, maybe she has an earpiece or mm. inside her head somewhere, somehow. Um, it would make sense. It would make I sense if this is was- a... It was if just. This is a tr- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, oh, me? No, no, no. I'll, I'll go. Do you want me to go? <laughs> go ahead. So it was just such an abrupt moment for me that I I couldn't not point it out. I mean, she jumps up from the couch. She's no longer smiling. You know, she was just in the middle of telling this uh, over the top story about uh, um, a situation she had at work. 
And then all of a sudden it was, it was serious. And I was like, whoa, it, you know, took me back for a second. So I was just wondering if you noticed that or if you just think that, Hey, she's talking about the store. Well, I mean, if we're going along this Truman show theory where everyone's like an actor, um, or, or in on the whole simulation, um, I, I think it's safe to say she might have her concerns because I think she's working for someone else. I don't think she's working for whoever's in charge of the simulation because, you know, we'll get it to that later with Agnes's conversation. I keep bringing it up, but I think we have to bring it up now. I don't think Geraldine is there on other people's, you know, request. I think she's she found her way in somewhere because I think she's trying to save Wanda in a sense. Mm -hmm. I think she has these rules she has to follow to try to fit into the rest of the community so she can get her end goal of trying to either save Wanda or or bring Wanda's memory back or, or, or do something because she's the one who, you know, we're not going to jump ahead too far, but the whole twin thing uh, when she brings up Pietro, I think that's all just very much her trying to get to Wanda without being caught. And I think she has this whole fear that everyone's watching her. So the fact that she questions the commotion in the other room could be her being like, oh, shoot, are they watching? Because I need to, like, help you, Wanda. But now they're watching, so now I got to pretend I'm still in my actory, you know, mask. So oh, there's, there's, there's okay. a lot to talk about. And I'll, we'll have theories on Geraldine. When we're done recapping, we'll, we'll right. talk about Geraldine at the end. But, but uh the doctor, Vision goes to the doctor, puts him on his back and runs away. His doctor's like, yo, what happened? Yeah. Um, and then Wanda starts giving her birth. And uh, first baby's born. Then Vision and the doctor arrive. And Vision names it Tommy. He's like, okay, fine. We'll go with your name. He didn't even have to think about it. And then another baby comes right away after that. And that's Billy. Mm -hmm. So we got the two names, you know, nicknames, Tommy and Billy, not Thomas and William. Um, did I cut out? No. I did on my laptop, but uh, you heard me, so that's good. Um, and then the doctor says, um, when, I guess, Vision's asking if he's going back on his vacation, the doctor mm -hmm. says something along the lines of, small towns, so hard to escape. Again, it's so on the nose, but it's it's there for a reason. It's there to yeah. tell you, listen, this is not, this is something manufactured, something not real. This is a world that you can't escape. So what do you think about that? I think it's interesting because I just put together uh, like right now when we see him on his way to his trip, his car is has gone out. It's stalling or it's not working. The battery's dead. Something is is wrong with it. So even if that day Wanda wasn't supposed to have her babies, even if like we you know saw the doctor somewhere later in some later episode or, or day where she you know she was finally going to give birth. Vision could have been like, oh, so you never ended up going on your trip. And he could have easily just been like, oh, car wasn't working, you know? Right. So I don't think that he actually ever intended on going on the trip, obviously. Got caught in the middle of, you know, fidgeting with his car. And now, and like now that he doesn't really have an, an excuse or anything, he, he kind of didn't have anything else to say other than, well, you know, small towns, hard, hard to get out of here. Right. Anyway, have a good one, you know? So, yeah. yeah um, I so really let's move on to the last two scenes. So the next scene we have is with Agnes and Herb. We've been talking about this all episode uh, because this is the conversation where it really clicked for me that we are in a Truman Show-like scenario. And I think Agnes is in charge. And here's why I think that. 
Okay. Agnes is Agnes is the one to shut up Herb. Herb almost cracks because here's where I think that Vision is not part of this. Um, is not actually himself. A, he's dead. I think he's a rebuilt version of himself for Wanda's own satisfaction. Either she created him or they created him for Wanda. Um, but I do think, or Herb is trying to tell Vision, yo. Dude, we're part of a simulation because Wanda's here. She's trapped here. We're part of the simulation. But Agnes is like, yo, Herb, shut up. Because, mm. you know, v- Vision still, this isn't really Vision. But, like, if he tells Wanda, we're fucked. So, like, sorry, explicit. This podcast is now explicit. Dang. Right. Um, we're, we're getting that little E. Um, but, but, yeah, no, I, I think Herb was about to cry. talking about WandaVision right now. Uh, I'm getting heated. Heated for Herb. I mean, Herb is talking secretly with Agnes. Wa- Vision's questioning what's going on. Agnes has this fake as hell smile on her face like oh can you can you leave us alone now so we can talk about what we're gonna do to your crazy uh world next um yeah yeah, so so we have this conversation and then agnes says that ralph was complaining about the dark which when we get into the easter eggs and the speculation later i have something to say about ralph i got i got i got ralph theories but um i know we said we wouldn't see him but i think we will see him but anyway um we'll get there when we get there because i have a lot to say about that uh but uh, we had this conversation. Did it occur to you that we might be in some sort of Truman Show like scenario? So can I just say I was on my seat. I was on the, I was on my seat, but I was also on the edge of the seat. Oh, great. The entire time of this scene because I'm like, oh my god, Herb's gonna tell us. Herb's gonna tell us. Herb's gonna. Damn it, Agnes. Herb's not gonna tell us because of you. I really I didn't know if we were going to get any answer but i thought that may or i didn't think we were going to get the answer in episode three but i thought get a little breadcrumbs another little breadcrumb you know i love my breadcrumbs and i would just like to point (laughs) out that these are the things that agnes says about geraldine she's new in town she has no family no husband and no home but the first thing geraldine says when she comes into uh, Wanda's house is my pipes first. I need to borrow a bucket. Either insinuating that yes, she does have a home, or that she's very much keeping up a facade and and feeding Wanda and Vision more lies about her role in all of this. You know, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because, well, we'll get there. <laughs> together we'll together we'll there's so much to talk about and we're already like we, we already we're pretty far into the episode but we have so much to talk about yeah. still um but uh so we'll, we'll come back to agnes in a little bit but let's just get to this last scene with geraldine um because we've kind of established that agnes is is kind of behind this at least we think she might be and we have more to dissect with that conversation mm-hmm. but vision's like all right then i'll go back inside but that's a weird conversation um but before vision goes inside geraldine and wanda have this talk and this is the moment of the episode for me because this is really where i was like oh we're yeah. getting into it yep, um yep. wanda uh questions well first um wanda tells geraldine when geraldine says oh twins wanda tells geraldine about pietro and this is the first time we've heard her talk about quicksilver since at ultron Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to sing the Sokovian lullaby. Mm-hmm. So if this is true with just hy- Hydra soap or whatever it is, Hydra soap, if her mind is wiped, these memories are starting to come back to her. And mm-hmm. I think this is something that Agnes and whoever is in charge of this doesn't want to happen. And Geraldine, by saying that, triggered Wanda, brought her memories back. But now, now that Geraldine's like, okay, I've gotten through to Wanda, now it's time for me to let let Wanda in 
and tell her that she's in trouble. So let me like try to find some common ground. You know, he was killed by Ultron, right? Like yes. I'm with you. I know what's going on. Trust me. I know what happened to him. Like I'm, I'm on your side, but then Wanda, supposedly Wanda, maybe someone else kicks Geraldine out of the, out of the simulation. Cause mm-hmm. she's, she's gone. She's, she's boosted. She's on the real world. She's out in the real world, which is, um, what is it called? Westview. Welcome to Westview. Westview, I guess, is the town where they're watching this show. Mm-hmm. So Geraldine is fully now out of the simulation. She's not in the bubble. If there is a bubble there, she's not in the bubble. Do you think Wanda kicked her out? Or do you think someone up controlling like Agnes or someone else kicked her out? So I actually made a note about this. Thank you so much for asking me, Dale. Um, of course. <laughs> Geraldine is thrown out and you can see that she kind of has this red mist about her, which makes me think that it was very much Wanda's powers that, you know, dismissed her from this false reality. So I do think it was Wanda. But when Wanda tries to get rid of this, the, the, what's it called? The stork. It doesn't work. Well, I think that's because also with pregnancy, I feel like that's also just a thing where, you know, she wanted it to disappear so bad, but it's like with pregnancy, it's like, well, regardless of whether or not you are ready, it's happening right now and you have to do it. You have to push. So I think that that was just kind of another way of saying the babies are coming. The babies are coming. You cannot ignore this type of thing. Um, but I, I see what you're saying, but I, I think that with Geraldine that it was it was very much uh, Wanda's powers because I think the reason why they've been teasing so much red at us is because they want us to associate red with with Wanda, whoa, mm-hmm. red with Wanda. And <laughs> so that when we saw her, you know, stumble around in the grass, you know, covered in what looks like, you know, her, telepathic powers that we would we would know and also once uh vision comes back inside he says where where did geraldine go and wanda says she had to rush home a third time now geraldine's so-called home has been referenced and we know from agnes that she does not have a home so i feel very strongly that Wanda had something to do with Geraldine's departure because she just like did not want to deal either with the reality that Geraldine wanted to feed her or that she just didn't want to associate with whatever Geraldine's, you know, uh, um, what's that word? It's like agen- uh, her agenda, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm still under the impression that even if Wanda did something, I think there might be someone controlling Wanda's control. So I think Wanda's in control of kicking Geraldine out, but I'm wondering if maybe someone instilled in Wanda some sort of, almost like the Winter Soldier thing, where he's programmed that when something like taps into a certain part of Wanda's memory, Wanda immediately goes into survival mode and just kicks kicks her out. I don't know if she was doing that because she literally was like, oh, I'm in danger, she knows about Pietro. Because my first instinct, if she had all these memories and recollection, would be to be like, wait, how do you know this? Like, oh, wait, Pietro, like, let's talk about it. But the fact that she gets rid of her so fast, just there was something about it that made me think that Wanda's not completely in control of who she's letting in and out of her life and her scenarios. But that's just me, and I think we'll get more answers. Sure. I don't know. I, I, I'm not completely sold because I think that the last 
the last shot that we see of Wanda, her just, you know, uh, uh, leaning over the, the crib that the new twins are in now, she just so nonchalantly says with almost a grin on her face, oh, she had to rush home. It just made it seem a little bit more malicious, like there is something a little bit more behind it to the point where I'm even at the point where I'm asking, does Wanda just fully know that this is her world and she's living in it and she's in control or maybe not fully in control, but she does uh, control aspects of this world. Mm -hmm. That's where I am. I think that we might not be, you know, in the beginning we thought that, oh, something is being done to Wanda. This is Wanda being held somewhere against her will. This is all involuntary where I think, no, I think Wanda might have something more to do with this than we think, you know? That's the vibe that I was getting from that last little line and that last little, you know, shot of her just, oh, everything's fine, dear. Like, and I think, and I think that's why the show is so successful is that you're thinking of it as Wanda's in control of this all. And I'm thinking someone's messing with Wanda's brain and making her do this. Almost like someone's pulling the strings on Wanda and she's the puppet oh, and, okay. and they're controlling it. Because I just, I don't know. I, I think Geraldine is a good person. And I mean, IMDB may or may not confirm that. Or at least in my suspicions. But I think Geraldine had an agenda that she needed to tell Wanda, like, hey, you got to get out of here. And I'm going to be the one to do it. And the only way for me to do it without overtly saying it is to be like, hey, I know about your brother and I know what happened to him. And you can trust me as someone who knows what's going on to like come with me. But then Wanda's like, no, hell, get out. You know, and that could be Wanda, that could be someone else. And I think Geraldine does have a purpose. And I think this is where we're going to see the outside world come in now that Geraldine's out is their mole, their spy on the inside is now out. And now they have no way to help mm-hmm. Wanda because how do you get back in once you're out? And I think that's going to be kind of where the series goes from here. I think that's kind of where we're building. What do you think? Sure. So I definitely think that Geraldine had good intentions in what she was doing with uh, Wanda and her bringing up Pietro to begin with. I think she was definitely trying to be like, hey, same team, same team here, you know. But I don't, I disagree. I don't think that if anyone brought up Pietro to Wanda that she'd be so keen to talk about him with anyone. I think that she, her first instinct would be, no, I'm not we're, we're closing that off. We're not talking about this. This is like almost as if like, no, this is the reason why I'm here is to not deal with his death and Vision's death. I'm here for a reason. And it is to, you know, finally be happy to be safe. And if you keep trying to pull, pull me back into reality, I'm, I'm going to get rid of you. Interesting. So like, almost like she's trying to escape her own reality by being in this world. So do you think she's with Agnes that like Agnes is helping her try to keep that reality? Cause Agnes is the one who's like, we can't tell Vision anything. Or do you think Agnes has her own different agenda? Because I have an idea about Agnes that I'm going to get into in just a second, if you will let me. I don't... Oh, of course. Of course, still. Just, that um, wasn't, that right? wasn't like a threat or anything. That was just me being like, like when you're ready, I'll, I have some ideas. Like, like keep going. Like, oh, yeah. I love what, where your train of thought is at. But Thank you. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I think you've convinced me about Agnes. I think that she's definitely kind of like playing her own with her own cards you know i think that she's on her own agenda whether it be for better or for worse um that she's separate definitely separate from geraldine's purpose and wanda's so 
So all three of them might have different agendas. So this leads me to the Agnes theory. So we'll go through Easter eggs, but I think the first one I want to hit is Agnes herself. Her necklace, did you see what her necklace was? So, no, please tell me about it. Okay, uh, what it looked like was um, her, her necklace looked like it had three little witches on it. Mm, and this goes okay. back to what this goes back. Yes, she is Bette Midler. Um, no, so I um, <laughs> she put a spell on you. <laughs> um, so I think it does have to do with this Agnes um, or Agatha Harkness that we see in the comics. Um, so here's here's my theory. And if have you heard the name Mephisto? Oh boy, I've got notes on Mephisto. Okay, so here's where my theory. Here's where my theory comes in, because Agnes keeps referring to Ralph. She keeps saying, the devil's in the details. This might have been in, in a different episode, but the devil's in the details. That's not the only place he is. Not the only place her devil is. How does she know where the devil is? Because the devil might be your husband. Could her husband be the devil? Could Ralph, this Ralph that we said last week, we're not going to see, could this be Mephisto? Because um, if I keep going back to my notes... Um, what does uh, Agnes say? She says something about um, something you had said about uh, oh oh the Ra Ralph something with Ralph in the dark like he's he's he spends so much time oh, in the dark. He, um, he looks better in the uh or, or Ralph is annoyed about the dark, but I'm Ralph not was complaining about the dark better or something. That's what it was. I just found it in my notes. Yeah, Ralph was complaining about the dark. Why would he be complaining about the dark? Because he's in hell. Because he's the devil. And he is Mephisto. And here's where, where it goes into some of the comics lore, which, as we said uh -huh. last week, we're not experts on the comics, but I did enough research on the comics that I found some uh, theories that I have made up just from my research of the comics. So, actually, Mephisto absorbs Wanda's children in some yeah. way. I don't know what that means, absorption, in, in well, Avengers West Coast. Was, she basically, essentially, she sold her soul to Mephisto to have the children. Gotcha. So you know about this whole uh, Mephisto... Yeah, I, oh, I did a deep dive on Mephisto, baby. I want to look into these twins. This in, this Marvel Encyclopedia, it's not just for show. I'm doing research in oh, so my you're doing like, here. You're doing book research. You're oh, like going to yeah. library research. Okay, so you're not just pull, pull, pulling up Google. You're you're, no, you're diving I have, in. I have a primary research. research you're getting if you will. you're getting paper cuts doing your research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going back to Stone Age here with my research. Um, yeah, so so in order to save her children or whatever, she like sells her soul to the devil or whatever, and this like no, to erase... have the children to have the children. Oh, okay. So he's yeah, so products so... that Tommy and Billy are products of Mephisto's like soul, basically. So that's where the reabsorption comes into play. And this also kind of ties into how her memory is wiped, right? Because I believe in the Avengers West Coast um, comic, her memory is wiped. And it's easier for her to erase her memory than to try to save the children by removing them from Mephisto uh, mm -hmm. in this comic. Um, but they do return as Wiccan and Speed in the mm -hmm. comics, uh, mm -hmm. which I read up on. Which I'm sure you know all from your handy-dandy encyclopedia. You're way more on top of this than I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Mephisto might have something to do with this because we see the kids. And we have Agnes with the witches. And then she brings up how Ralph is, is you know, complaining about being in the dark and the devil's in the details. That's not the only place the devil is. Like Agnes is 
somewhat linked to the devil, the devil, Mephisto, it just makes sense. And I wish I knew more about the comics to be able to tell you every little ounce of Mephisto's lore, but I'm sure right. you have some stuff on him too. Do you think we're going to see Mephisto come into play, or do you think Agnes is just like referring to herself, that she's the devil and Ralph is still just this non-existent Charlie Brown teacher off screen, wah, 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 that we're just never going to see? Well, anybody who's watching can tell by my reaction that you just completely blew my brain apart with that theory. I cannot believe you think Ralph is Mephisto. That well, is not only not only hilarious, but also plausible. I could see it. Yeah, I mean, like, like you keep talking about Ralph, and I'm like, girl, like, are we going to see him? Or is he just going to be this running gag? But I'm like, this is not a comedy. Like, we, it, it is a comedy to an extent, but the overall WandaVision, where it's going, where we've seen from the choking scene in episode one, we've seen from the beekeeper and the glass breaking on her hand in episode two, and like we've seen at the end of this episode with episode three, this is leaning toward the first horror of Marvel. The first horror, thriller, suspense, whatever you want to call it. I think right. this is where it's leading, and I think we might see some, uh, some devil coming. And where people are really making the connection between, you know, Agatha and, or Agnes, a.k.a. Agatha, uh, to Mephisto and, and all of this is that be, to deal with, you know, Mephisto reabsorbing Billy and Tommy, Wanda, you know, conjures up her old mentor, who is Agatha Harkness, to deal with the death of her or the loss of her sons, which I think is you know, uh, parallel to what the purpose of her being there right now to deal with the death and the loss of vision. So maybe, maybe Harkness, maybe Agatha, Agnes is with Wanda and she's trying to help Wanda, but Geraldine's trying to be like, no, Wanda, we need you because the sword needs you. We right. need you on our side. And this could all lead to Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is going to be the hero. Who's the villain of Doctor Strange? It might be Wanda. Wanda might be taking a villain turn i mean we see in wrestling we see we see people take heel turns we see people turn to the dark side anakin skywalker is the hero <laughs> of the Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. did you just cite like wwe as well as yeah because because usually you pick you pick a persona you pick like a heel or a face you know you either are like this this person that people root for or the people that everyone roots against you know like and sometimes you'll be a hero and then like later on in your career you'll become like a villain you know like it could happen. We could see, you know, Bucky. Bucky was a hero, then a villain, mm -hmm. then a hero. We've seen characters take long, you know, arcs with their characters. Could Wanda end up being the villain of Phase 4 of the MCU? Wow. Uh, first of all, <laughs> not a theory I hate, I'll say. Second of all, I do have, I did, uh, through my research. Oh, research. research. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, I got there. There is a connection between Mephisto and Doctor Strange, which makes me think that maybe Mephisto might be the the Thanos level threat that we haven't seen yet uh, for Phase Four. Because in uh, Doctor Strange comic, Mephisto possesses this guy possesses this guy named James Mandarin to lure Strange to hell. So you mean Trevor Trevor Slattery, like the Mandarin. No, okay. I don't think so. I don't think Trevor's making a making a, like a callback here. I think I think Trevor's moved back to England and he's 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 done with the MCU. 
I think that he's a hundred percent like in prison, like maximum security prison for like impersonating a terrorist. I could, I could be wrong. I don't know. How. I mean, I don't think we'll see the law the, works. But, I don't think we'll see the Mandarin again. But yeah, keep yeah, going. no, keep but uh, no, that was that's just that's my little tidbit yeah. with Doctor Strange. So maybe maybe Wanda's the villain. Maybe Mephisto is the villain that ties Wanda into the multiverse of madness. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see where uh, this strange we'll journey goes. Yeah, I think that's where kind of our speculation segment will probably end because we just have so many thoughts and I really think the next episode will make it so clear because I think the next episode we'll start to see these other characters that are on the outside because I don't think we're just going to like be like, hey, bye, Geraldine. All right, we won't see you again. Like, we're going to see her again, obviously. Um, so let's let's dive into some Easter eggs. Do you want to do that? Yes. First, I would, I, before we uh, leave theory world, I mean, I guess this this might be the, but might be an Easter egg, but I did want to address the song that plays at the end of the episode because Dream Believer. I did look into it because it was the first time where a song kind of played us out. The last two episodes were either just like end credits of the sitcom or uh, something else. So I thought that it was, wow, what I immediately, I heard the song and I was like, I need to look into this because obviously there's a reason why we're hearing this. It's Daydream Believer by the Monkees, for those of you mm -hmm. who don't know. And the verse... Who doesn't, who doesn't know that? I didn't know that. Kelsey, this is like... Oh, okay. How we need to... you, I cannot be the only one who didn't know that song. I'm an, I'm an old soul, you could say. <laughs> I love throwback 70s, 80s jams just as much as the next gal. And I have Guardians of the Galaxy to thank for that. But Do this you know... is a song that, it, that escaped me. Do you know I'm a Believer? Yeah. That's that's also written by the monkeys. So there's your yeah. little fun fun fact. So I, I got the music fact. Thank you. So the verse we hear, these are the lyrics that I looked into that mm -hmm. plays this out at the end of the episode is cheer up, sleepy jean. Oh, what can it mean that to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? And I just thought that that was like a nice little, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink at we're all just in a daydream. All the world's a stage. The men and women just merely players. Do you think this, I, I, I think it would be kind of a cop out, but do you think this could all just end with Wanda waking up and being like, oh, had a terrible dream. And then she's like, oh, Vision's not here. And that's when it ends. Like, do we think we'll go there? Listen, I think that the dream, you know, waking up out of the dream at this point is kind of like a cop out for writers and, and producers and, and things like that. I was told specifically in my writing class in, in high school to in, in college, actually, to not, you know, don't make your your fiction piece end with you waking up out of the dream. It's it's right. overdone. It's, it's a cliche. It's, so, it's old. It's, it's yeah. so old it, school. And yeah. it's not a, it's not even a plot twist anymore. Um right. So, no, I don't think that ends with her like that. Although I could see this very well ending with like the real Wanda or Wanda's body, because this might just all be a figment of her uh, imagination, if you will. Wanda's body just maybe it is out cold, all hooked up to machines. I almost imagine her kind of like the Kree or the scroll had um captain marvel in in captain marvel i'm doing this because she's like you know they have her hanging by her like hands and feet and she's like upside down i almost imagine her doing something like that i totally think that this ends with us finding wanda in some sort of facility 
where he's either gone completely insane or she's, you know, controlling shit herself. Okay. That's great. I think it would be a cop out to just have her waking up and being like, what happened last night? And then like Hawkeye, Hawkeye walks in and he's like, yeah, Vision's dead. He's still dead. You were dreaming. Yeah. Like <laughs> very on brand for a uh, Hawkeye. It's, right. Like he just strolls in. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, you want some coffee? <laughs> like, like, no. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about Easter eggs. Uh, so we talked yeah. about the he- hexagons and the Brady Bunch kind of being like the beehive symbols. Um, we talked about, uh, fruit a little bit but i did think it was a fun homage uh when she's seeing geraldine she tries all the coats and she has the fruit bowl in front of her and you know that does go to your fruit theory about like you know fruit shows a progression of her of her fetus but also i mean we see in shows like friends how i met your mother new girl when you're doing so many seasons sometimes your actresses become pregnant and they're contractually obliged to be in the show and so they, they need to come up pregnant. <laughs> they need to be become... overnight pregnancy <laughs> yeah just like what it's like it's like a cold like the common cold you're like oh whoop, there's Whoa. baby um so, so, no but i i think it's interesting because in sitcoms you know when you have so many episodes to film and you really can't take a break off of your shooting schedule they need to find creative ways to cover up pregnancy and i thought it was interesting just to see them kind of like pull the curtain back and be like in a normal show we would probably have someone hold fruit over their bellies or like wear a big coat and like i thought that was a funny way of being like so that's kind of what goes on in the entertainment pop culture world when an actress gets pregnant you know and they want to work and they can work you know these are the kind of the little tricks we use we use oversized coats we use fruit bowls we kind of have them sitting a lot of the time and i just thought it was an interesting way to you know kind of pull back the curtain on that yeah totally um Right off the bat, I found out from MCU Wiki that Westview actually is in New Jersey. So, oh. NJ Pride. So, so Geraldine's just hanging out in town. Then. Yeah. Just go say hi. Um, we are filming from New Jersey, for anyone who did not know. Um, so, uh, twins, we already talked about the twins in the comics and Mephisto, but I thought it was interesting. We kind of called twins last week, didn't we? Didn't we talk about twins? Uh, perhaps because I think I saw in the trailer that they end up to be twins. Gotcha. And anyone also, who is familiar with the comics knows that Vision and Wanda have the gotcha. have twins. Gotcha. So. So, see, I don't watch trailers anymore, or at least if I do, I'll watch it once and then be done with it. Just because oh, I don't, I don't want to remember a ton of what I'm about to see before I see it. You know, I like to okay. kind of, you know, what I mean. I, I like to be surprised to it. If, yeah. To a, a, a degree. I do. Uh, so, Listen, I totally, I get you. I feel you on that deal. I didn't watch a single trailer for Infinity War, and we all know how much that movie tore me apart. So right, you were not, you were not expecting that. Um, but also, Infinity War had shots that were not even in the movie. So I mean, yeah, I, I think Marvel does a good job of not giving a ton away. Yeah. Uh, but I like to watch a trailer once just to see, like, okay, cool, I'm seeing it. Good, I don't need to see this trailer again. It's what, but you know, with reserved seating in movie theaters, which hopefully they'll come back nice and healthily and safely soon. But in movie theaters, you get a reserved seat. It doesn't matter how late you are. You can show up a minute before it starts, and you have your seat. You do not need to worry about getting there early and getting your seat. So I think it's been really great to get to skip past trailers and not have to worry about that. Anyway. Anyway, um, Dottie's husband, when he's reading the newspaper, I believe his name is mm-hmm. Phil, uh, it says, the, the headline, I'm the words guy, it reads, two fire hydrants across, or added on Main Street. But when he folds the paper, mm-hmm. it folds and it says, two fire hydra. So, 
There's the Hydra reference again. Again, might just be a little like, oh, here's a little Hydra we can throw in there, or it means something. But otherwise, or it means that Hydra's behind all of this, and they're yelling at us all, the whole time, and we're just dismissing it. We're like, no, it's Wanda, and she could be very much kidnapped by Hydra right now. She could be. Um, do you? Speaking of speaking of words, guy, numbers, girl. Do you have? Uh, I, I told you, I was like, there are numbers on the license plate of the doctor's car. Does oh, that mean anything? Jill, <laughs> I wrote this down before you even contact me. Don't worry. You will not have to point out numbers to me. I will always have the numbers and the fun yeah. facts. Great. And I looked into the license plate uh, numbers read 6J9P8W. And I looked into these, and I couldn't find jack shit. <laughs> I didn't think they mean anything at all. I, really, I was so excited I, I, to hear what it was. I went all, all online. I Googled uh, all different kinds of ways. I didn't see in all my research of other people uh, pointing out uh, Easter eggs. Nobody else talked about the license plate. So I was like, great, I'm not the only one. I don't think these numbers mean anything. I'm going right. to go on record and say that they mean nothing. Okay, so no numbers for this episode, right? No. no other numbers? Ah, man. So it's all in the writing. So the last little bit, um, we've talked about uh, Daydream Believer. Uh, we've talked about... Uh, Did you see the paint can? That's the next thing I was going to talk about. I was looking forward to no, my notes. You read my mind. Maybe you're in charge of my simulation. Who knows? Maybe we're both in a simulation. We don't know. I don't want to be in charge of anyone's simulation. I'm going to also go on record and say that. <laughs> I was going to say, the last four years, you haven't done such a good job. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to make this political unless we're talking about Hydra and the Marvel Universe, or multiple universes, uh, if you will. Uh, the paint can says Simzer, Simzer. Um, that was the show's storyboard artist, Jeremy Simzer, or Simzer, however you want to say it. Uh, mm -hmm. Nothing really much to that, except it was an homage to the storyboard artist which we know storyboards are really important in really setting up the foundation and blueprint of a show or movie especially a show because you have so many episodes and you want to make sure everything is on the right track so i have a uh easter egg that i found yeah. i don't know Great. if you saw that in scene three when we're in the kitchen with wanda there is a bottle in the background behind her that says koi on it ah. um, some people just thought that this was you know this was also a uh, a product that we saw in the grocery um uh, grocery aisle scene during the opening credits of the first episode. Um, I looked into the name Koi to see if there were any Koi's into the Marvel universe, and I came across. Uh, you will not believe this: twins, twin Koi's. Their names are uh, they're Vietnamese, so I'm so sorry if I butcher the pronunciation of their names. Although I did okay. Google how to pronounce them before this because I didn't want to sound ignorant, but I believe it is Tran Koi and Xi'an Koi, and uh, they basically are these twins from Vietnam who possess essentially the same powers as Wanda. They have mental, uh, they can mentally control others and possess others, and I just don't know if this is just a tease at the whole twins motif happening in the episode. Um, the fact that Wanda was having twins and that she talked about the fact that she was a twin or, you know, we'll see something from these um, twins later on. But I did want to address that because I was proud of that finding. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, it could be as simple as like the tiniest little detail that doesn't really mean a ton, but it just kind of 
helps. It helps just make it richer, you know? Yeah. At first glance, like this whole episode, the whole beginning until we got to the Geraldine and Agnes stuff, I was just very much kind of like underwhelmed, I guess, just because I was like, all right, so they're pregnant. They're making funny gags. She's going through pregnancy really quick. And then she has a baby. You know, there wasn't really a lot of rich substance with that. And that's where I'm kind of like a little, I mean, I love the different sitcom exploration, but I do wish they spent mm -hmm. a little less time in the sitcom world and a little more time on, you know, the other stuff that's happening, which I'm sure they will. Um, but this was the first episode where I really kind of started to feel a little bit of the length of the sitcomness. I was kind of like, all right, where are we going from here? All right, what's next, you know? Uh, yeah. But I do think this was a pretty effective um a pretty effective way of looking at the episode where it kind of enriches the whole story experience, knowing all these little details. Cause then you can find the little hints and tricks and here's where it's headed. And I, th and I think it makes the, in uh, the second watch, if you watch it again, a lot more enjoyable. So if you watched it once for listeners, if you watched it once, now that you have all these little Easter eggs brewing, you can go on your little Easter egg hunt and rewatch the episode. And I think it'll be a little bit more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear a fun fact about, um, Billy. Sure, I would love to. So Billy the, Billy the kid. Yeah, Billy the uh, the twin, the Wiccan. Yes. What other Billy is there? No, I was just you know like Billy the kid. I was making a reference oh. to Billy the kid, like Billy, and it, he's Wanda's kid. It was it was a, that's my dad joke of the day. If I had a bell, I'll, I'll get a bell for next time to ding whenever a dad joke. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. So Billy through my research about him, there was a lot on Billy and not a lot on Tommy. I would just like to say in my little book back here, I don't know oh why that is. I guess Billy is more interesting. I mean, but, is this uh, a Cain and, is this a Cain and Abel type thing where like Tommy's going to die and Billy's going to live? I mean, we, do we know? Maybe. I don't, I don't uh, know. But, uh, I hope not. Wiccan has is in the comics is gay. He has a relationship with a super mutant named Hulkling. Who is a Hulkling? Okay. Not Hulk. Yeah, but is it like any relation to Hulk or no? Um, I think he has the same powers as Hulk. He has super strength, and he uh, it said that he can um trans transfigure himself. That's the Harry Potter term for it. But <laughs> okay. I I don't know what the Muggle term for it is. <laughs> We're crossing <laughs> universes here. That's so <laughs> But in, in my mind, I, I read his special powers and abilities, and I was like, oh, so he's like Beast Boys. Beast Boy. The, not, not Beast Boys. The Beastie Boys. <laughs> not the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I, think, I think this might be, uh, we're, uh, we're nearing the end of the show here. <laughs> this is and and it's late at night. I think we're getting to the yes. my last uh, brain cell. Yeah, you're you're listening to this. You're probably listening to this at a very nice time of the day, but we are recording this at a very late time in the night. So, um, you know, but Geraldine was in the middle. She was in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. So why can't we be? Yeah, exactly. So he's gay. That's great. Yeah. So he great. yeah he's a gay character. So hopefully, if we see Billy and Tommy and uh, progress in the MCU. Perhaps we we'll get an openly gay character who's not seen just the Russo brothers in Endgame. Right. So, so we haven't had any openly gay characters. I think there's rumors that Valkyrie might be bisexual or gay. I think there's rumors about her. There's also rumors about Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, but none that have just been outwardly like 
I'm a homosexual. I don't know. <laughs> except for, except for the, the Russo brothers, little cameo in the support group with Captain America. Yeah. Cause you know, that's representation right there. Um, so, so that wraps it for WandaVision episode three. We had lots of great things to talk about. I think this is going to be the most we dive into speculation because I think as the episodes go on, we are going to get a lot more pieces to this puzzle. A lot more breadcrumbs are going to start turning into like slices of bread. And then we'll finally have the whole loaf to indulge and, and devour uh, at the end of this. Uh, but this was a lot of fun. We, we, we dived into it. We dove into it. <laughs> Either way. It works for me. Either way, it works. It's late at night. So, so Kelsey, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick on Instagram, and you can find me on YouTube, Cause Productions, K-O-Z Productions, like and subscribe and all that jazz. And I did watch your Marvel uh, Spider-Man video. Uh, obviously, we don't have the time to talk about it now, but we can sure, maybe sure. put it on the back burner. But everyone go check that out. I'll put it again. I do have the ability to put your video up in the top right corner. If you're watching it on YouTube, it's up there in the top right corner right now. So please go and check out that video. It's a lot of fun um, talking about... Uh, it's one of those directions. Uh, but yeah, you can talk. You can watch Kelsey talk about whether or not she likes Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland better than the others. And I think that's uh, going to be a fun conversation to have, hopefully, if we get more information on this Christmas-themed Spider-Man 3 that we're going to get home for the holidays. That's what I'm going to call it from now on until we got yeah, something better. Um, and you can find her on TikTok, right, Kelsey? Because you, you had a TikTok blow-up that was about the MCU. Yes, you can find me on TikTok. That's just at cause underscore 13. There we go. So we'll go help Kelsey become more and more viral with her hot MCU takes. Um, I'm also on TikTok. I can't remember exactly what my handle is. I think it's at Dylan Randazzo 417. That's my birthday, April 17th. 417, I think, is my um, my TikTok name. But if not, just search Dylan Randazzo. You'll find me. Uh, I do one minute movie reviews, I do cooking videos, and I do singing videos. It's a very, very different trio of <laughs> topics and themes. But you know, I can't just put myself in one. We role. love a triple threat. Right. We can't we can't just pigeonhole ourselves into one specific yeah. area. You know, we have to we have to be multifaceted. You know, we have to we have to do multiple things. And you can also find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo on Twitter. You can find me here if you're watching on YouTube at the Dill Pickle Movie Network. Or you can listen to this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. I apologize if you were trying to find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Apple has a longer rollout date for podcasts, so you may have to wait a little longer to hear the Apple episodes. But on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other places where you can find podcasts, you will be able to hear this podcast on Monday. And you will be able to hear our other episodes, our episode last week, and all our episodes to come. And uh, we appreciate all of you guys for listening. We did get a, as Kelsey said, a 100% male listening audience in Spotify. So if you have any friends, especially uh, female friends who want to come and listen to us talk some Marvel, send it to them. Come on, Direct girl. them here. I yeah, know I'm not the only one out here. I know. We're, we, we know there are plenty of people out there who want to talk Marvel. If you can't get enough of Marvel, come to us. Come share this podcast to everyone. And please, if you can, give us a review or like it or download it. Whatever you do with podcasts, um, it's greatly appreciated. Every little click goes a long way, even here on YouTube as well. Uh, like, subscribe, do all that jazz. We'll be back here next Monday to recap. What is it, Kelsey? Episode 4? Episode 4. And we don't know the title yet. And we don't know the title yet. <laughs> and, and there will be a title, apparently. Um, yeah, so we will we will be back to recap, I guess, what would be, if they stick with the sitcom thing, the 80s episode, uh, which I can't wait for. I think that's where we get that shot of Katherine Hahn and her 80s get up. Um, 
Uh, so I'm very, I'm very excited. Uh, so we will be back on Monday to talk to you, and we will each have a Marvel headline. We will start doing that. We will start bringing a headline at the beginning. So uh, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll catch you next time.